Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Paul Douglas back with you. DJ producing. Jordana always here in spirit. She's at the Mayo Clinic the day after she got her bone marrow transplant. So far, so good, but, I mean, she's going through hell down there gotten a couple of texts and it's it's as hard as everybody said it would be and right now they're keeping an eye on her she's in recovery and they're hoping that her body does not reject the new marrow the new bone marrow and she has zero immunity so she needs to be isolated i mean even just catching a regular cold could be a a serious complication, but uh, she got through the worst of it, and we're going to hold our breath and have more updates in the next hour. And I, you know, I think about what Jordana and her family are going through, the agony, the anguish, the uncertainty, and then you multiply that by a thousand, a million, what what the families, the, the moms and dads of those fourth graders, 19 kids who were slain, couple of days ago in Uvalde, Texas, west of San Antonio, in that massacre. And more details are coming out, and it just, you know, it, it just gets more horrific with time as we learn more details. And usually the first draft of history is wrong, new details coming out, and we want to just bring you up to date. Apparently, nearly 20 officers were inside that Texas school, the Robb Elementary School, in the hallway for 45 minutes waiting for a master key to be able to get into that barricaded classroom where all 19 kids and two of their teachers died. Those teachers died trying to shield those kids. The officers stood outside the classrooms during this week's attack before agents used that master key to open the door and confront and shoot the gunman. This 18-year-old gunman Uh, was not confronted by police. Contrary to some of the early reports, he was not engaged by police before he entered the school. It's unclear why it took so long for a tactical team to assemble and force its way inside. It's also not known how the shooter was able to access the classrooms. Apparently, a door was left unlocked at the school that morning. A police commander on the scene decided the gunman locked in a classroom meant there was time to get a key and no more children at risk. This determination was made while the elementary school kids were calling 911 
begging for help, and their parents were begging cops to go inside. We had a press conference live on our air here on CCO late this morning. The Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCraw was asked why officers did not enter the school earlier. That it was considered, okay, the decision was made on the scene. I wasn't there, but at the same point in time, you know, a decision was made that this was a barricaded subject situation. There was time to retrieve the keys and wait for a tactical team with the equipment to, to go ahead and breach the door and take on the subject at that point. That was the decision, that was the thought process at that particular point in time. What? There was 19, like I said, there was 19 officers in there. In fact, there was plenty of officers to do whatever needed to be done, with one exception, is that the, the incident commander inside believed they needed more equipment and more officers to do a tactical breach at that point. That's why BORTAC was requested on the scene as soon as they were there. They executed a search, or at least a, a dynamic entry, and went in. And, uh, of course, that was not the 12, that was not the 1257. Hey, with the benefit of hindsight, hey, the benefit of, hey, stand by, stand by, hey, stand by, hey, stand by, right? I got it. Okay, I got it. Okay. Hey, from the from the benefit of hindsight, where I'm sitting now, of course it was not the right decision. It was the wrong decision. Period. There's no no excuse for that. But again, I wasn't there. But I'm just telling you, from what we know, we believe there should have been an entry at that as soon as you can. Oh boy. So there you have the latest. When we come back, Senator Tina Smith, is anything going to change this time around when we come back on CCL? Paul, back with you. It's deja vu all over again. And I really don't want to be talking about this, but I mean, what what choice do we have? I mean, of, of course, we, we need to figure out how do we how do we change this? What we have now is not working. I mean, is is this really the price of freedom? Bill O'Reilly said that after the uh, Mandalay Bay Hotel massacre. That was back in Las Vegas in 2017. Guy up on the, what, the 33rd floor on the patio, fired more than 1,000 bullets, killed 60 people and wounded 411 people who were there to watch a concert. Price of freedom? Really? If you had a family member that was in that that group, I mean, would, would you feel the same way? Even if you didn't have a family member in the group. I, I just... I, I, so my brother lives in Las Vegas. And this was his reaction. And I just want to share this. I, I'm not saying I agree with it. But this is his take. My younger brother, Kent... He said, he wrote me an email. He said, Doug, uh, CNN, the other news media, continue to push the story every minute of every hour of every day ad nauseum. The anchors and reporters all pretend to be morally outraged and emotionally scarred. But what they are really doing with the nonstop news coverage is ensuring that the next moron with a grudge or an axe to grind will know that he gets more than 30 seconds of fame. If he walks into a school or a mall and plays shoot 'em up, 
Hell, he'll be in the news for weeks. CNN, in my humble opinion, will be responsible for the next mass shooting. The shooting is tragic, but the media circus is the real tragedy. All right, you said your piece. What's the what's the alternative? We ignore these stories? We don't mention the names of the shooters? DJ, do you have an opinion on that? I I I I dis- I mean we have to report on these. His point is that it inspires the next shooter. Yeah. Because of all the P- all the publicity. What's the alternative? Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we could. Actually, hold on. I'm going to answer the phone. Tina Smith is uh, joining us in just a second. Oh, okay. All right. So, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, by the way, backed out of the NRA conference, which is going on now in Houston. He's going to be visiting the Uvalde uh, Public School where this happened. Rob Elementary, amid heavy criticism of his pro-gun stance, he plans to address the NRA by video. Joining us now, Senator Tina Smith. Senator Smith, thanks for making time. I know you're exceptionally busy right now. Greetings. I'm so glad to be with you, Paul. Thanks for inviting me today. Your reaction to the shooting in Uvalde? You know, I, I have to tell you that I think when at first it happened and I started to read about it, I, I sort of put up these these like I couldn't even cope with it and it was the next day that I was talking to somebody about what had happened and I thought about all of these babies and these teachers who were there trying to protect them and I literally just broke down in tears I think that there is a combination of just deep sadness that this kind of um, evil and hate exists in the world and also just such deep anger uh, that we can't do more to protect these precious babies in elementary school. Of course, I'm in the Senate, and so my job is to do everything I can to make sure that people are safe in their schools and in their neighborhoods and in their communities. And I'm, you know, recommitted to that to that goal. Um, but um, I think, don't you think you react to it first, and you should um, in a purely personal way? Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to be a parent or a grandparent. I mean... To no, feel that sense no. of empathy, no, Senator. I'm, no, I'm, I think that's I'm right. just curious: is anything going to change? Is is are there areas of bipartisan compromise? My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has directed Senator John Corrin from Texas yes. to work with Democratic lawmakers on a bipartisan solution to gun violence. Is there any common ground? Background checks, red flag warnings. Mm-hmm. Do you see any hope? Well, I mean, I you have to see, you have to look for hope. You have to look for the thing that we can accomplish. And I have always been a, um, a, a, a leader who thinks that you shouldn't make perfect be the enemy of the good. There are so many things that we could do that we need to do to address this epidemic of gun violence. Um, my colleague, Chris Murphy, who is from Connecticut and first came to the United States Senate um, as the tragedy um, at, in, at Sandy Hook in Connecticut, um, occurred, has been working so hard for so many years, for 10 years, to find a bipartisan solution to this problem. And I have to say, I feel some hope that there can be some um, um, common ground found. As you know, in the Senate, you have to have 60 people, so 50 Democrats and at least 10 Republicans, in order to be able to make headway. I know that there, um, and it's wonderful to see Senator Cornyn from Texas, um, who I believe feels this deeply, 
looking for solutions. And some of the ideas that they're talking about include closing these background check loopholes, um, improving the way red flag laws work so that the FBI has time to assess whether somebody is a danger to themselves or to others before um, a license um, goes through. Um, You know, I have to say that I support an assault weapon ban. The first assault weapon ban in this country was um, voted into law in a bipartisan way with Ronald Reagan supporting it. And that assault weapon ban was and was on the books for, um, you know, I think a decade before it expired. Um, and of course, this weapon that this uh, person used at uh, Valde in Texas uh, um, used an assault weapon. So there are a variety of things that we can do to uh, reduce the deadliness of dun- gun violence. And of course, There's not one thing that we can do to stop all of this. The reality is that in the United States, there are 400 million um, privately owned guns, uh, many, many, many more times than we see in any other any other country in the world. And um, and that is dangerous. Senator, one of the narratives that I keep hearing from some of my friends uh, some of them have these, you know, AR-15s, and they say, look, um, we use these for self-defense. There will always be evil in the world, and, and these people will always find guns, whether they buy them or get mm-hmm. them on the black market or ghost guns, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. They, we're swimming in guns, as you just said, 400 million guns, and that, you know, again, the only way to counteract this evil is by having more people who are armed. How do you respond to that? Well, I understand. I guess what I would say is I understand that instinct. And there are many, many, many people who are responsible gun owners who lock their guns up, who make sure that their guns never fall into the hands of children, people who teach their children how to use guns safely, and they use those guns for, you know, high school um, skeet and trap shooting and for hunting. And all of that is, of course, a wonderful thing. It's part of the tradition of Minnesota, and it is a wonderful thing. But I always, in moments like this, I look at sort of what the, you know, what the research tells us. And what we see is that more guns actually result in more gun violence. And what we often don't talk about on the heels of terrible tragedies like this murder in the elementary school in Texas is that most guns are used, um, you know, guns are used um, for people who have make, made the decision to end their own lives and they are used in, um, in suicide. And there is a lot of data to show that if guns, if, if a person didn't have access to a gun so easily, they might not be successful in their suicide attempt, and there might be another way for them. The other thing that I think is really striking as we talk about this, Paul, is that um, firearms, uh, firearm violence, gun violence, has replaced car accidents as the number one killer of people between, of young people, people under the age of 19. And um, th- that, that one piece of information uh, tells me that that um, our, our worry is not people who are responsible gun owners, not at all. Those people should be able to continue to be responsible gun owners. Our worry is the, the um, explosion of guns that fall into the hands of dangerous people. And also um, young people, minors, who, um, who end up, um, you know, who are troubled and end up committing um, horrible, horrible uh, crimes. Senator Tina Smith is joining us right now. 
Senator, to your point, the CDC has data from 2020, the most recent year. Fifty four percent of gun deaths in the U.S. were suicides, which, you know, don't get the sustained mm-hmm. public attention that these massacres right. do. And And to your point. The Rand Corporation did a big study and and confirmed where there are more guns. States that have more guns, there are, in fact, more gun deaths. States with the highest mm-hmm. gun rate, gun death rates are among the states with the highest gun ownership rates. So yesterday, I just want to mention this and, and see where there might be some common ground. We had St. Thomas Professor of Law Rachel Pelos on with us. She's a former yeah. United States attorney for Minnesota. I don't know if you know, Rachel, she's amazing. And she said she hypothesized that Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Some of the areas of possible reform, and I didn't realize this. She said we could bar sales of of weapons, especially semi-automatics, uh, the AR-15s, to 18 to 21-year-olds who commit the mm-hmm. most mass shootings. Mm-hmm. We. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we would need exceptions for those serving in the military. How how do you react to that if you raise the age? You know, I have seen that data as well, and I think it's very interesting. I was talking with my son the other day about how um, <clears throat> how people um, you, you you tend to forget that people's brain development, uh, young people's brain development, is not complete. <laughs> when they're 18 or 19 or 20 or 21. And, and I think that there are some good examples of how um, you, could, you could save a lot of lives. This um, young person who committed this atrocity in Texas, I think, was, you know, was just 18. Um, and I, I also I hear the argument that I have heard others make. I hear the argument that others have made that if you are old enough to serve in the military, you ought to be old enough to own a gun. And again, this is the dynamic between... Um, People who are responsible gun owners and know what, you know, and, and, and can be, you know, <laughs> um, and, and then the, the, the tragedy of just this plethora of guns everywhere that ends up um, being so dangerous. Last question. I, I certainly acknowledge my, our Second Amendment rights. By the way, the Founding Fathers talked about a well-regulated militia. <laughs> and, and a couple of our callers have called in and said, what happened to the well-regulated part of that yeah. you know yeah yeah and i thought okay well that's an interesting point um mm-hmm. so I, I i'm just curious where we go from here a lot of people also bring up mental health and i don't want to minimize that in any way i know there are a lot of people out there who are struggling my understanding yeah. looking at the data our mental health mm-hmm. problem is no greater than other countries in europe and asia uh, what we do have that no other country on earth has is is way more weapons. Yes, that is that is exactly true. We have no higher incidence of mental health problems in the United States and other countries, but we have a multitude higher um, incidence of, of gun violence. The other uh, just reality is that people who 
um, struggle with mental illness are much more likely to be the victims of gun violence than be the perpetrators of gun violence. So I worry, especially at a time when mental illness and mental health challenges are still stigmatized, that we seem to suggest that the problem is, you know, um, people who are, um, you know, people who are, who have mental illnesses are the problem. I would also, um, who are not supportive of strengthening our gun safety laws, um, that, um, you know, also the reality is that they are also the ones who are not prepared to spend the money that we need to spend to make sure that people have access to mental health um, care, which is uh, in such deep and terrible uh, shortage in this country right now. Oh, my goodness. You know, each time this happens, we keep asking, is, is this... I know. Is this going to be the event, the the horrible tragedy that moves the needle? Uh, and then yeah. we get sidetracked with other things until the next disaster. Do you think I truly, we have a I shot? I truly hope, I truly hope that, um, that, and you have to hope, I always say, and if you're not optimistic that something can change, then things will definitely not change. You have to. Um, you have to keep working and looking for the ways to get it, you know, to get it done. And um, and I have to say, I feel some some hope that we might be able to pass some. Um, uh, we might be able to find common ground in the, in the Senate. Of course, the House has passed legislation, and we also understand, I think, that that will never be that that won't be the whole solution. We won't then be able to go home and say, okay, we've done what we can. There's there's going right. to be much more that much more that we need to do. We have to just keep on working at it. That's the way. That's the way of the world. Senator Tina Smith, I'm grateful. Thank you for taking time out of your crazy schedule to join us on CCO. And uh, uh, I, thank you. I wish you. I hope you can hang out on the holiday. And I, I know you got a lot <laughs> on your plate, but uh, ha- have a have a terrific Memorial Day weekend. Well, I'm looking forward to the Memorial Day weekend. I'm actually going to be delivering the commencement address at St. Olaf College in a couple of days, and um, oh, nice. I'm. Uh, with my grandson, uh, my gra- both my grandsons this weekend. So that will fill me with a lot of hope and joy. Terrific. I, I hope you have a wonderful time together. Be safe, and, and thanks again for spending some time with us. Thank you, Paul. You bet. Senator Tina Smith, what do you think? Is this time different? Is anything going to get done? Are you frustrated? Um, 651-461. 9226. Text us, call us, we can take a few calls. Maxi is coming up, an update on Jordana in the next hour. But we'd like to hear from you. Is this time different? Or is it going to be the same old song and dance and we twiddle our thumbs until the next massacre? 651-461-9226. We'll be right back. So on the text line, one listener says, are you trying to tell me that all the school shooters in the past 20 years were not mentally ill get a clue paul please don't sidestep the real issue i'm not minimizing mental health and god knows there are people who need help out there and they should not have access to weapons but our levels of mental health problems are the same as other countries around the world where they're not shooting up schools what's different in this country is that we have exponentially more weapons we're swimming in guns and i'm a gun owner i'm they're not coming for my guns they're not coming for your guns most gun owners are responsible and use them the way they should be used 
I don't have the answer, but I think collectively, I hope we do as a nation have an answer and a way to keep guns out of the hands of these whack jobs. Tim in Nisswa, just down the street from where I am right here on Pelican Lake, one of my favorite towns in Minnesota. Tim, welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. I'm just driving by Round Lake in Nisswa, and I'm going to be going by Gull in about 30 seconds. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, uh, wanted to comment on the fact that I think the issue here, the the real issue in all these shootings uh, regarding the firearms involved, the semi-automatic weapons that they're using are not substantially that different from a semi-automatic weapon that somebody would use for hunting. What makes them different is the high-capacity magazine and the fact okay. that these weapons are adept for accessories and that kind of thing that make them more rapid to fire, uh, high-capacity magazines, which allow more rounds to get out more quickly, I would think that would be a common-sense solution. As a gun owner myself, former member of the NRA, um, I think that um, banning the high-capacity magazines, are we that lazy that we can't reload at the shooting range? I've been hunting my whole life. I'm 60 years old, and I've never fired five or more rounds at a critter. I don't know why somebody needs 30. Tim, you make way too much sense, uh, but I sure appreciate you calling in. I think that's a great idea. Maybe that is one of the things we can do. Tim and Niswa. Clayton in Columbia Heights, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing, Paul? Doing okay. Hello? How are you, sir? Yeah, good. I'm here. Uh, for one You're thing, on the I, air. for one thing, yeah. For one thing, I think it is different. I'm hearing a lot more from people that I deal with during the day uh, that talking about this one. It's like people want something done. But I, I read last night. I looked it up. In 1938, they passed the 1938 firearms law, and uh, uh-huh. it, it banned uh, sawed-off shotguns, Tommy guns, machine guns, etc. After the gang area, so. Right. And the NRA backed it. That's a fact. The NRA backed it. And now now there's this mentality with the NRA and the people that back the NRA that, oh, if you take an inch, they're going to take your guns. They're going to take a mile. You know, we can't have a tank. We can't have a grenade. There is a line. And like like the caller before, the magazine, what do you need more than 10? If you're a deer hunter and you can't get your deer in five shots, you don't need to be out in the woods. <laughs> yeah, you know you shouldn't and be you hunting. Go duck hunting you can only have three you go duck hunting you can only have three shotgun shells in there one in the chamber and two in the deal and you have to have a a spacer or whatever a plug in there and at any time a dnr guy can come up and see that you only got three shotgun shells if not they can take your gun well same way if pull over and you got a 30 magazine you go to jail you're not going to the school clayton in columbia heights thank you for uh yep, you bet for speaking the truth and talking common sense, stuff we maybe can agree on. There's always going to people be people who disagree, but I, I have to believe there's some common ground. We'll see if there's any common ground with Mike Max. He's up next. It's like this week. It's it's been like an episode of Beavis and Butthead, right? <laughs> All the stupid stuff we've said. Maxi Sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group, Caldwell Banker Real Estate. Maxi, um, let's start with twins. They're twins. they're taking another swipe at the Royals this yep. evening. Pre-game 630, first pitch 710. Tough game yesterday. 
Uh, where's your head at with the Twins right now? It's funny you should ask, because I just returned from the Twins clubhouse. That's where I was oh. just a short time ago, oh. and I was talking to Byron Buxton about his over 30 slump. And uh, he's you know, he's been kind of forced into being a more mature. I don't want to say more mature. Maybe that's the wrong uh, phrasing of it. Uh, you know, but but when you sign that contract, it's like okay, now, now you need to speak on behalf of the team and yourself. And so uh, right. you know, you don't have a choice anymore. You know, the, that and and he and Correa. Um, people don't understand this, but in in the clubhouse, um, they have lockers for everybody, of course, with their names on them. And then they always have two designated lockers for for the two um, biggest names, I guess. And so Correa has one, Buxton has one. It's also because they get sent more mail, more endorsement stuff. People send them more products, all those things because their name. If you've got one of those lockers, that means that you're hmm. expected to be one of the faces of the team. Uh, maybe you know you might not be named a captain, but but you are expected to you know to, to get out in front and talk. Over the years, some have and some have not that that had those lockers. Buxton has one of those lockers. Uh, so he uh, has been more forthright, more open this year than in the past. Uh, uh, and and I just had a nice visit with him about uh, how his you know his teammates have stayed with him through this slump. He you know he broke it with a, a slide in first base last night in the ninth inning, an infield single. Uh, but but how they've had to be there for him in in this point in time. Uh, and what he's trying to do is not get too caught up in uh, you know like he hit a ball on the on the dime last night and it was caught in left field. Uh, he, he's got to um, understand a good at bat doesn't necessarily mean that you get a hit and, and that's a very very difficult thing to do no matter what point of your career you're in yeah well that's the kind of perspective i expect from you maxi and thank you for that about a minute left what are you tracking we are tracking this sunshine uh, as it, no. <laughs> uh i'm, no, I'm tra- tracking that uh, is it the vikings this week um uh, so, uh timberwolf stuff is going to start coming up here uh next week we're going to meet mr Connolly, the uh the new president in charge of it uh, it sounds yeah. to me like in in denver he had a tough time um uh, maybe getting answers and spending money with the with the owners and and this is direct access for him plus he gets 40 million dollars for the contract and so really he, he got a 40 million dollar contract the here and now is he just needs to find a couple good players uh to go with this team i think i think based on conversations that i have with people who i shall not reveal uh that they got to look at uh, uh with d'angelo russell last year of his contract um, I still don't think he's a good fit here. Uh, can you get rid of him? Can can you get something for him, or do you play it out because you know he'll play hard in the last year of his contract? So those are the kinds of things that go on in the in, in, in this thwarted little head of mine. I I hear that, and we only have thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. But Connolly doubled his salary in Denver, and he may be getting an ownership stake. It oh, also yeah, means- yeah, I guess the ownership stake. And by the way, we'll, we'll talk about it at a different time. I know we're up against it. I think that's really dangerous when you start giving ownership stakes as part of contracts. And I'll explain that at a different time, but I, I just think you're playing a real dangerous area when you start doing that. Max, are you going fishing this weekend? You heading north? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go north, but I will go fishing. <laughs> okay. I got a secret spot. <laughs> Do you? Oh, you don't want to reveal your sources? Come on. Not until I find out if it's as good as they tell me it is. Well, happy fishing. Yeah, and, you too, buddy. Uh, have, have a great weekend always. You do the same. Thank you, Mike Max. We'll be back talking about the weather. Uh, Jordana, a lot of stuff on our plate. Next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.